Hey everybody, today on Rado Runs Through, we're back with another episode of Crowd Sorcery where we talk about some of the most exciting crowdfunding campaigns that are going to be ending before our next episode on March 21st. But before I get to suggesting, as always, I'm going to pass it off to Richard to talk about some of the games and some of the campaigns that the channel has already covered. So might I suggest some crowd sorcery? Let's get into it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Alex, we seem to be two ships parting in the night. You're just getting back from your Hawaiian vacation. My wife, Jen, and I, there she is driving as we speak, are heading out on our epic two-month RV road trip. But still... There are games out there crowdfunding, and that's what we're here to do, a little bit of sorcery. So I've got four games to mention that will be ending their campaigns in the coming weeks. First of all, tomorrow, 25th Century Games on March 9th is going to be um, putting the finishing touches on their triple feature, Aguada Colorfield and Donut Shop. This is a really interesting trio of tile-laying games. We've covered all of them. There's links for them down in the show notes. I filmed a Gueta, which is a beautiful, colorful game uh, about uh, the real-world practice of beautifying your city streets with umbrellas. And then there was Colorfield, an abstract art game. They're well-covered. And Donut Shop, all about boxing up donuts that Kimberly covered. So, this is a great triple feature. It's ending on March 9th. Next up, there is Ancient Terrible Things Reawakened. And I'm sure... Um, you're putting this stuff on the screen somewhere, right, Alex? So this ends on the 16th. Again, I've done a run-through for it. There's a link for it down in the show notes, as well as links for all of the crowdfunding pages, in case you didn't know, folks. Many of this is interesting. You'll find links for them down below. And uh, this is basically a sequel to a really cool dice uh, Yahtzee-style pulp horror game that I covered many, many years ago. The game is so improved now with all the new features. I was really blown away by it. If you like really rich, atmospheric, thematic, Yahtzee-style competitive play, you might want to check out Ancient Terrible Things Reawaken. Then we've got Tether. Jen loved this one. It ends on March 21st. It's just a little deck of cards. Uh, it's a two-player game, a competitive game, although there's, I think there's rules for four-player team play as well. And in it, players are trying to uh, play cards to arrange astronauts who are trying to tether themselves together in the deep, cold, inky blackness of space. Um, but the tricky thing is, Every card is multi-use. You can play it face up or face down um, to change its value. And you're trying to make sweet. I mean, I have a hard time simply describing this game. It is such a mind bender. Jen gave it five stars out of five, which is a real rarity for her. She really loved it. Didn't you, honey? Oh, that was amazing. I loved it. She, she just confirmed. Um, and it ends its run on the 21st. And then finally, there is an Age Contrived, which is ending its Kickstarter on March 23rd. And this is another one that's tough to describe. It's not really a worker placement game. It's basically, uh, it's got a very, very cool action selection mechanism where each player controls their own conveyor belt of mystical deity energy that they are trying to time as the conveyor belt moves to be able to deploy out to the world to get the mortals to worship us because we are aspiring gods in this fantasy universe. <clears throat> 
don't be fooled by the really cool um, player board uh, upgraded option, which is metal. They're literally made out of metal, and they've got spring-loaded trap doors built in. That's neat, but just even the regular version of the game, which is a bit cheaper, is still well worth it without the trap doors and all that. And again, I've got a run-through for it if you want to see it in action. It's very, very impressive, too. As are all the games I just talked about, or else they wouldn't have appeared on the channel in the first place. But anyway, folks, this is stuff we've already covered in the past. Now, um, Alex is going to bring you some brand new stuff that you probably have not heard about on the channel. So, Alex, what have you got? All right, thanks for the update. Make sure to check out all the supplemental videos for those games on this channel and subscribe while you're at it. Anyways, we're going to start things off today with some honorable mentions, some campaigns that are reprints or maybe rethemes, but might still be worth checking out. So let's get into it. The first one is Utopia. Utopia is on Kickstarter until March 9th. It's a second funding run for this kind of cool worker placement game about time barons and altering the multiverse timelines. The campaign has already funded, but they're just using this specific campaign to help with distribution of some of the other copies so check that out if you missed the first run the next one is huang which is on game found until march 9th huang is a reimagining of yellow and yangtze which is of course the sequel to tigris and euphrates a reiner kinesia classic this one has uh, a lot of area control and a really cool deluxified set so if you're into that and you haven't been able to get a shot at the original, then definitely check this one out. The next one is called Napoleon's Conquest. It's on Kickstarter until March 11th. This is another kind of distribution campaign like Utopia, so the game is already made, so if you pledge it, you'll probably get your game pretty quickly. It's an empire simulation historical game. It has some area control, some hand management in it, so if that sounds up your alley, then you should check out this campaign as well. And then the last one is Lords of Vegas, which is on Kickstarter until March 17th. A lot of people speak highly of the original. I personally haven't played it, but I know that it's kind of hard to find these days. So if you are interested in this reprint that also comes with a bunch of different expansions and other boards to play with, different casinos and challenges and stuff like that, then, or if you just want to, you know, if you just love the original and you want to get back on that train, then you should definitely check out this campaign. So now that we're done with that sort of rapid fire honorable mention of those reprints, let's talk about some of the really good stuff here. So number one on the list for Crowd Sorcery this time around is Blacksmiths of Steinheimer, which is on Kickstarter until March 9th. In this game, you're going to be dwarven smiths competing to gather resources, upgrade your smithies, complete orders, and become the top producing blacksmith in the realm. The game itself uses kind of uh, tried and true worker placement mechanics, which seems to me would make the game really easy to kind of learn and to teach. Uh, the, generally, the way that the gameplay will go is you're, you're going to place a worker on your turn and then you'll take one off of the board and you'll be able to take both of those corresponding actions. So there's a little bit of that planning ahead. I think the puzzle is, as it is often with these types of games, the puzzle is how efficiently you can kind of build your engine so that you can start getting those big ticket items as or bonuses as soon as possible. So I think that if you're into thinking ahead, the thinking ahead that's required to sort of deploy and retrieve these workers is always kind of a fun challenge for me. I enjoy that thinky puzzle. Uh, I think it also just in general has the looks of a really great gateway game. 
that would kind of still have enough meat on the bone to to interest some more veteran gamers as well. So if you're looking for a clever worker placement game with some cool art, or you're just looking for a chance to break out your Rings of Power cosplay, then might I suggest The Blacksmiths of Steinheimer. And like I mentioned before, the campaign ends pretty soon on March 9th, so get on it. All right, next one up is Street Fighter V Champion Edition Legends, which is on GameFound until March 14th. In Street Fighter V, you're going to play as the classic Street Fighter characters like Ryu, Ken, Chun-Li, etc. And you're going to try to defeat hordes of minions and destroy your nemesis character before they destroy you. The gameplay kind of reminds me a little bit of Dice Throne, where you're going to be using these rolling dice for combat and upgrading your special abilities over time. Each of those characters has asymmetrical abilities, which plays into the actual character that they are, so I think that's really interesting. It does, however, I think add a little bit of map movement to the game, so uh, I think that's going to sort of add an extra element to what Dice Throne is to, to really require you to maneuver wisely to beat your opponents. To be quite honest, I was pretty surprised when I came across this campaign to see that it was a cooperative game. This is a, a cooperative game, especially since... The arcade game, right, is that kind of 1v1 brawl, you know, you kind of expect it to be this head-to-head -head dueler, but I think after thinking about it a little bit, this sort of gives more people an opportunity to enjoy the game together, which I think is great, and I think will work really well with this game. The production of this one is super cool, of course. I think just having all those really cool Street Fighter minis might be worth the price of admission alone. So definitely, if you're into that, check it out. So if, you, if your hands already have arthritis from just from playing those Street Fighter arcade games uh, back in the day, or if you're just looking for a good cooperative boss battler combat game, then might I suggest Street Fighter V Champion Edition Legends. Now, that's a mouthful. Anyways, the campaign ends on the 14th of March, so don't miss out. Alright, next one up is Harvest Hoppers. Harvest Hoppers is on Kickstarter until March 14th as well. Harvest Hoppers is a much lighter theme than the previous one, as you can imagine. In Harvest Hoppers, you're going to play as one of six different colorful frog folk. You're riding your bike around town, and you're delivering your goods to various different restaurants and bakeries to earn the most reputation and become the best hop topper in town. Now, that's a pretty whimsical theme, and I'm pretty into it. The gameplay itself is seems pretty straightforward. It's a pick-up-and-deliver system with some kind of clever rules about movements like you know if you want to move a few extra spaces you'll have to lose some items out of your basket because you're going too fast or something like that and I think there's also some special caveats for each type of delivery destination there's certain requirements that you have to fulfill in order to be able to deliver to certain restaurants or bakeries or something like that I think it seems pretty clever and what really interests me, though, is that the game comes with these three modes of solo play. So, no, three modes of just regular play here. The first is tadpole mode. So tadpole mode is seems like it's just kind of the beginner mode, right? For starters, right? But then there's also strategic mode, which seems like a little bit more of a challenge. And then lastly, there's chaos mode. And I couldn't really find much about chaos mode, but... Just the idea of having a chaos mode seems very interesting to me. So, uh, if 
you're into the art in the game, you should definitely check it out. The art is super cute, really inviting. I always like to check out games that are kind of this cute and cozy theme because I think the, it makes the game much more accessible to the common person who's maybe into these board games. Um, I also think that there's this sort of the modular board and the way that it's set up gives it a nice replayability so that every time that you play it, it'll be a little bit different. So if you're looking for a cute and cozy gateway game with some adorable characters and, you know, the this this very kind of simple, easy to learn gameplay, or if you've always wanted to know what a chaos mode is, like like me, yours truly, then might I suggest Harvest Hoppers. And the campaign ends on the 14th, so make sure you do some research and check this one out. All right, the next one up is The Curse of Candelabria. It's on Kickstarter until the 15th of March, so you got an extra day on that one. In The Curse of Candelabria, you'll play as one of five warring factions controlling your various units and moving your big, hulking, wandering castle, using that to control the map, score victory points, and break the curse of Candelabria and become the next ruler of Candelabria. The... The main mechanic of this one is definitely area control, right? So if that's up your alley, you for sure should check this one out. But there's also, it seems like there's some strategic hand management and some tactical card-based combat that are essential in kind of helping the mechanics eliminate luck from the equation. Now, the, the publisher in the campaign, they're very adamant that their game is purely deterministic, right? So... It, it, it's trying to remove as much luck out of the game as possible. And, and I think when a game is built, is really built around the importance of developing kind of a long-term strategy from the get-go, I think it really rewards players who are that type, whose brains work that way. So if you like to kind of crea create this big sweeping strategy for games, then you should definitely check this one out. Now, the art and the production, obviously, they're looking super good. I, I think... You know, it's it's really hard to beat these days, and I think as well the lore of it. There was there were some PDFs that you could download about the lore of Candelabria. I think the lore goes super deep. So if you are the type of player that likes to immerse yourself in these types of games and learn about the world that you're playing in, then you should definitely check yourself out because this one seems like it could be a really good experience. So if you if you're looking for a heavy heavier area control kind of beast of a game right with some really amazing minis uh, or if you just want to live out your house moving castle fantasies which to me it immediately reminded me of that then might i suggest the curse of candelabria and uh like i mentioned before the campaign ends on the 15th which is plenty of time for you to watch the studio ghibli classic one of my favorites and make your decision all right moving on we're knocking through them quickly today. Next up is Scholars of the South Tigris. This one is on Kickstarter again until March 15th, so same day. In Scholars of the South Tigris, you may notice it. It is in that classic Garfield game style. You'll play as leaders in medieval Baghdad, gathering knowledge from around the world, translating it to Arabic, and vying to provide sort of the most wisdom to your kingdom, most useful wisdom to your kingdom by the end of the game. So the gameplay itself features kind of this really interesting dice placement mechanic. It 
you know, you, you'll have all these different kinds of colored dice and the way that you combine them will create the different combos that you need. It also, the dice placement system has a ton of these this mitigation options. So I think that's always important for a dice placement game because, you know, it takes a little bit more of that randomness out of it. So just uh, for those who are a little bit wary, which I am whenever I see a dice placement game, the mitigation options are there. There's also a few hints of some area control and some engine building in there. There are only four actions, it seems like, that you can take on your turn. So when it comes to learning the game, actually, you know, playing it and deciding what to do on your turn, you know, there's only four options you can choose from, but I think the the sort of the game is built around how you optimize your moves, obviously. So and I think in general this one seems like it's got a pretty strict act action economy. So it's all about optimization and efficiency here so if that sounds like it's right up your alley then you should check it out garfield games like i mentioned it's got i think in general they've got a pretty great track record for creating games that have really these really solid mechanics that are sort of simple to get into and to learn but difficult to master and i i think that is a great quality in the game and kind of hard to find these days so the themes of their games are only so-so for me. I, you know, this one doesn't get me to, you know, really want to check it out. But the, once I did some research on the gameplay, then you know, I, I got it. I, I understood what they were going for, and and I think also they do a good job with the art and the production of the whole thing as well. So, if the theme isn't a huge deal for you, then you know, you shouldn't have to worry about this. So, if you're an Excel spreadsheet fan per se or uh, you just love a good optimization puzzle, or if you just want to translate something so you don't feel bad about losing your Duolingo streak or something like that, then might I suggest Scholars of the South Tigris. And like I mentioned before, this campaign ends on the 15th of March, so make sure to check it out. All right, next up is a kind of an interesting one. This one is the Soda Pop Collection from Thundergriff Games on backer kit only. Uh, that ends on March 17th. So this campaign is actually four games in one. It is a, f a pack of four two-player abstract games that comes in these kind of really interesting packaging. The, the games are called Catacomb, Four Genesis, Light Seeker, and Top Cap. And like I mentioned, they come in this really compact kind of like soda can packaging, which I think is really interesting and, a, and an interesting move for Thundergriff Games, which... Uh, for something lighter and something smaller for them. Each of these games that comes in this pack is an abstract dual two-player game that plays in 15 minutes, which is always something that I'm looking for. It's a, it makes for a great filler, a warm-up game, or as I like to call them, a palate cleanser, of course. As far as the gameplay goes, I'm going to just try to give my best comparison so I don't have to talk in-depth about all of them, but... Uh, and, and I'll try to keep it short. So the first one is called Catacomb. This one is kind of like a 3D Mancala area control puzzle, if that makes sense. It kind of reminds me of Santorini because of the, the layering of the cubes. The next one for Genesis seems like it is a mix between uh, a game like Hive and Onitama. It's kind of, you know, each of the pieces have a different ability there. Next is Lightseeker. Lightseeker seems like Othello, but with cubes. 
if I could describe it as as concisely as possible. And the last one, Top Cap, it really just looks like Checkers with a Twist, which uh, nobody's really done in a while. So I think that could be interesting. I think the packaging and the marketing on this suite of games is really clever because the novelty of it feels like it would get people to be interested in the game in the first place, which is really, at this point, you know, getting a game off of my shelf is a big deal. And if someone sees something and is like, hey, that looks interesting, I want to play it, uh, that's that's a big deal. So shelf appeal, these ones definitely have it. I think I'm always looking for these kind of quick two-player games as well. These ones feel really streamlined. They say that there's only 15-minute play time. They also seem really familiar. So I really could see these turning into staples for me, for someone who showed up to Game Night early or something like that. So I definitely think these have a place in my collection and could have a place in yours. So if you're looking for those light filler games, palette cleansers for two players that are super compact and portable, or if you just have some extra space in your mini fridge back home, then might I suggest the Soda Pop Collection. And the campaign ends on the 17th, and this one is only on Backer Kit, so make sure to check that one out before it's over. All right, next one is a campaign called Farwater. This is on Kickstarter until March 17th. And this is a campaign that's really kind of an interesting one. In Farwater, the game, you'll, you'll be explorers on high seas, discovering new lands in this kind of ever-expanding archipelago. archipelago. You're going to be collecting and trading goods. You're wanting to grab the most gold before the end of the game, right? Seems pretty standard. The gameplay itself, though, showed some sh shades of these other tile-laying games like Carcassonne, like Land vs. Sea, kind of reminded me of those. The, the board kind of sprawls out across the whole table. There's also kind of a, a Catan-adjacent vibe to it, where you're going to build settlements to collect resources, but instead of using those to build more things, you're going to be using those to complete and fulfill contracts. So I think this one is really interesting. It definitely caught my eye, especially because it didn't really have a lot of fanfare to it. Uh, but the game itself seems pretty solid. I, I it, you know, maybe it's not groundbreaking by any means, uh, but I think the campaign itself deserves a little bit more love. I, I think it, it really seems like a solid tile placement set collection game could be a good gateway game. And it really just seems like this campaign suffers from a little bit of a lack of marketing and hearsay. So I hope this shout out gives them a little bit of love there. Plus, I, I will say that the campaign mentioned, the, the publisher mentioned that even if the campaign doesn't fund, anyone who backs it will get a free print and play version of the game, even if it doesn't fund. So really, you don't have much to lose. So definitely check this one out. If you want to support a first time publisher or, uh, you know, you just want to want to see what what new first-time publishers are, are doing you want to try your hand at navigating the high seas in search of buried treasure you know classic theme then might i suggest farwater the campaign ends on the 17th so make sure you pop over to their campaign check it out watch some of the videos and and you know maybe it's for you all right when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Next one up is Alpoyaris and the Fisheries of Gloucester. That's a mouthful. It's on GameFound until March 20th. Now, this is a two-for-one special, so I'll talk about each of them in turn. The first one in Alpoyaris, you and up to three other players will play as Spanish fruit farmers, irrigating the fields, collecting fruit, delivering it to earn more silver coins by the end of the game. It kind of gives off those viticulture vibes a little bit. Uh, but I think probably one step easier than that. The next one is Fisheries of Gloucester. It's a bit of a shorter game. It's only for two players. Uh, it's about racing to collect the best fish off the shores of a New England fishing town. So two totally different themes, but for some reason they're coming in the same campaign. So not really sure about that, but hey, the, both of the games seem great. The first one, Apoyaris, it uses this action track to sort of determine the turn order and what you're going to be doing on your turn. It reminded me a lot of, of Takedo, for example, where you can either kind of take actions on the action track to increase your efficiency of your fields and maybe add irrigation to help the production or uh, sort of produce goods and deliver them for uh, coins. So the game itself seems pretty straightforward, although they did mention it's one of the longer titles that they have published up to this point. But I definitely think it, it presents a really nice and clean efficiency puzzle, which I'm always a fan of. Now, the other one, Fisheries of Gloucester, looks like it has some really interesting action planning mechanics. So you really kind of, you've got a limited amount of time in the day. You have to plan out all the things that you want to do. And when you have to chart a route, that's a part of a big, uh, big mechanic in the game where you have to go out and collect the fish in the first place. You're going to be doing that with the, these polyominoes. And, and I think adding a little bit of a polyomino element into it seems really interesting. So... I, I think that the main reason, though, that you should really check out this campaign in general is because the designer is Steve Finn. Steve Finn, you might know from designing other games like Biblios, like Herbaceous, Sunset Over Water. And I feel like in general, Steve Finn's games have this really interesting, just kind of streamlined quality to them. You have to make some really interesting and, and difficult decisions, but in kind of a short amount of time. They're usually they're pretty compact games. So I think, judging by his track record, this is definitely something that I'm interested in and that I'm going to be checking out. But, uh, you know, if you are interested or, or like any of his other games, then you should definitely check this one out as well. So if you want to... Uh, get be a part of this kind of two-for-one special here and and get some of these cool games that I really think are kind of going under the radar and, and not a lot of people are going to be talking about, then might I suggest uh, Alpayaris and F the Fisheries of Gloucester. And like I mentioned before, this campaign ends on the 20th, so make sure to check it out before then. All right, the last one that we are going to be talking about today is D-Day Dice Reinforcements Expansion, which is on Kickstarter until the 21st. Now, in D-Day Dice, the original game, which came out in 2012, this is a reprint slash an expansion to it, which is why I didn't put it in the, in the honorable mentions class, but I, just, I thought this one deserved its own little slot. D-Day Dice, you're going to be working together, you're the allied forces in World War II, obviously, storming the beaches at Normandy, rolling dice, and helping each other out in an attempt to drive the enemies back and live to tell the tale. Now, this is a brand new expansion that adds some legendary units, they call it, to the original gameplay. And all of these legendary units are different um, people that are different units that participated in the Normandy invasion 
originally. So it, it does have this kind of historical element to it as well. It's a, the game itself, it's a classic kind of like push your luck dice rolling game. You're all going to be rolling your dice simultaneously, working together to use the results to the best of your ability. Now, the mechanics are seem pretty simple overall, but the situations are definitely dire. So finding the right moment to act is really the key to this game. I think the biggest thing to note is that the publisher has mentioned in this campaign that this is going to be the final reprint of the second edition of D-Day Dice. So if you want a piece of this one, you're definitely going to want to check this out now. Uh, the game itself and this expansion specifically, I think, represent a cool intersection of casual gaming and war gaming where there's uh, simple enough gameplay for the casual gamer to be interested in, but definitely enough history to keep the war gamers interested and keep all parties engaged until the end. So if you're fascinated with those historical games or but if you want a little something a little bit more accessible to your friends and family or if you just want to save Private Ryan all by yourself then might I suggest D-Day Dice reinforcements. And this campaign ends on the 21st of March so you got a little bit of time but make sure you don't forget about it. All right. That does it for today's episode of Crowd Sorcery. If there's any games that I missed that you're really interested in, or if you're just stoked on some of the ones that I did mention, then drop me a note in the comments. As always, don't forget to subscribe to this channel and check out my channel called Might I Suggest a Game while you're at it. And if you've subscribed to both channels, then you really deserve some sort of award or something. I think at least give yourself a pat on the back for now or something. In the meantime, Feel free to check out some of the latest videos on this channel and get yourself into a Rado rabbit hole. Now that is something I think we should trademark. Anyways, that's it for me. Once again, I'm Alex, your board game sommelier, signing off.